This is Photo BizX episode number 362, and today we're talking headshot photography, but with a photographer who has worked out a system to generate maximum income from every single one of his headshot photography clients by simply allowing them to spend more. You're going to love these tactics, these pricing strategies and selling techniques because they will change the way you're doing business if you're shooting headshots. And I'm pretty sure you'll be able to apply the same tactics to your photography business no matter what genre you shoot. Our special guest is Tony Tafe, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast-track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. Can't wait to share this interview with you today because... This guy, Tony Tafe, is the name that keeps getting brought up to me through interviews with other headshot photographers who all seem to be adopting his pricing strategy, his tactics, and the way he sells. I think you're going to love this when we get into it in just a second. Before we get into that, a couple of quick announcements. I normally save these for the back end of the show, but because the timing is important and they're coming up quickly, I wanted to share them with you now. The first one will only be applicable to you if you're listening to the podcast as it comes out because tomorrow morning, Australian Eastern Time, kick-ass photographer Anna Puma will be doing a live website review. These website reviews are normally 150 British pounds and she is selecting one lucky PhotoBizX members website to review. It's going to be a live review via Zoom. I've got a link in the show notes so you can access the review as it happens. And the plan is to get through the review and then open up for questions and answers. So you'll have the ability to ask specific questions about your website, why she's made the reviews and the suggestions that she has to the photographer, the lucky photographer who's been picked for the review tomorrow. But she will be there to answer your questions in regards to your website. So again, that's happening tomorrow morning, Tuesday, 8am Australian Eastern Time. And I've got a link in the show notes so you can find your local time easily as well. And if you can't make that, I am planning to keep a recording available so you can check that out later. And of course, if you want to see more about what Anna does in regards to these website reviews, head over to photobizx.com forward slash tools. It's going to be a lot of fun on the live call. It always is with Anna and Todd, her partner in crime when it comes to website reviews. And there's always a ton to learn. So check that one out if you can be there tomorrow live. Otherwise, we'll see you in the recording. And later this week, Friday, in fact, Friday morning, Australian Eastern Time at 9 a.m., we have another live call planned, another live Zoom session. This one is with photography, business and mindset coach Joel Dunn. Now, he may be familiar to you if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time. Joel has been interviewed a couple of times. One of the interviews he came back for was absolutely dynamite. It was for premium members only, unless you wanted to pay for access to these two Facebook ad strategies that he recommends and uses with huge success in his own photography business. So Joel will be coming back on Friday morning, 9am, and he's going to be helping you with your mindset 
because he says there are four main blocks preventing photographers from creating the success that they want. He's going to cover those off, show you how to get past them. And when I was chatting to him about this presentation, this Q&A session, this live call, I said to or asked Joel, you know, what, what's the go with photographers? You know, a lot of them know what they should be doing, but they just don't do it. Like, why don't they do it? <laughs> and he said to me, it's purely in their mind. It's their mind stopping them. And, and a couple of the, the questions that he's regularly answering and that he will again on Friday is, if I increase my prices, there's a good chance I won't get booked. Or what if the marketing that I know has worked for other photographers won't work for me? And one that's pertinent to right now is, what if COVID-19 coronavirus comes back? What happens if we come out of isolation and we have to go back into isolation? What does that mean for my business? So he's going to be answering those questions, plus a whole lot more from you if you are on the live call. Again, I've got a link to the live call Zoom meeting inside the show notes for today's episode. So if you'd like to be on any or either of those or both those live calls this week, head over to photobizx.com forward slash 362 and we'll see you on those calls if you can make it. And as with Anna's website review, it's the same for Joel. He is planning to give a 20 to 30 minute talk on getting past these mindset issues that you might be facing and then he's opening up for Q&A. He's happy to answer your specific questions. These are not sales type webinars <laughs> these are here to help you so if you're struggling in your business if you're struggling with your marketing your mindset your website come and join us on either of those live calls one with anna puma and the other with joel dunn and now a macro look at our last episode in last week's episode i interviewed brooke mendenhall who has a totally different way to doing business from most guests that i've interviewed I knew as soon as I heard the prices that she's charging for the quality of work that she's creating, she was possibly going to be upsetting you as a listener because I know how frustrated photographers get when they see another talented photographer just not charging enough. So yeah, I was concerned at the feedback that was going to be rolling in after Brooke's interview, but it was nothing like that. It really has been fantastic. And yes, I was right <laughs> in the fact that the way she runs her business may not be applicable to you, your mindset, the way you want to structure your business, but there's no denying there were some absolute gems in what she had to share in the way that she is actually running her business and looking after her clients and generating bookings. And I think this email that I received from Kandra, who is a PhotoBizX listener and member, she has Kandra Shank Photography, pretty much sums up the general feeling that I was hearing from most photographers who have heard this interview with Brooke. She says, wow, your interview with Brooke Mendenhall was inspiring and eye-opening. I love that she's running the business that she wants to run and that she's not changing the way she's doing things because others tell her she should be doing it a different way. Honestly, Andrew, she is inspiring on so many levels. I'm hoping that Brooke's interview will get me believing in myself more and not worry about what others are saying about me or to others about me. I will run my business the way I want to. Thank you, Andrew, for doing what you do. Your podcast is truly amazing. Yeah, I can't say more than that. Get back and have a listen to Brooke's interview if you haven't had a chance. I know you're going to love it. It'll certainly get you thinking. 
You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Alrighty, we're going to jump into this interview with Tony Tafe in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast, which means you're going to get a ton from Tony in the first half of this interview that we recorded. But I want you to be aware that I am saving a chunk of the second half for premium members only. It's the part where we dive deeper, or Tony does, into his pricing and sales tactics. So if you want to hear the full interview with Tony today, you can easily do that for as little as $1 with a premium trial membership. Head over to photobizx.com forward slash try. You can get access for 30 days to the premium membership. Hear the full interview with Tony today. Get full access to the interview with Brooke from last week and get everything else that goes along with a premium membership, including the full interviews every single week so you're not missing out on the best stuff. photobizx.com forward slash try if you want to check all that out. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest brands himself as Scottsdale's premier headshot photographer. He's a mentor in Peter Hurley's headshot crew, and his name is the one that always comes up when talking pricing and headshot photography. Incredibly, he went from generating $60,000 in his first year of business to $250,000 in his third. He photographs actors, models, and corporate people, meaning individuals and employees for large and small organizations. Before photography, he was an award-winning salesman in the UK for luxury car manufacturers Audi and Bentley. And he says people buy based on how they feel. Customers don't buy products, they buy how a product makes them feel, whether it's younger, more beautiful, part of the in-crowd, nostalgic or confident. And based on this principle, he recommends going with a session fee and a per-image price to remove limitations clients might feel about how many images they buy and ultimately how much they spend with you. I'm talking about Tony Tafe and I'm wrapped to have him with us now. Tony, welcome. Thanks, man. Thanks for the introduction. Very kind of you. <laughs> Mate, it's my pleasure. It sounds like it's been a whirlwind sort of journey in headshot photography. Does it feel like that for you? Whirlwind? That's, I don't know. It's been quick, you know, from starting in full time, like not very long ago, relatively not very long ago to where we are today and doing, you know, this TNT stuff and, you know, speaking about it and people asking me questions about it. And it's pretty cool. <laughs> I suppose whirlwind is a good way to describe it. <laughs> Even the fact that you went from 60,000 to 250,000 in a couple of years or three years is just incredible. How long yeah. have you been in business for now? Let me see, since the middle of 2017. So, so it's just over three years. Yeah, just on that, so like two and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. What kind of revenue do you see your business doing? What, you mean yearly? Yeah. For this year, you mean? Well, even in the future. I mean... Oh, so my business right now is only headshots. I obviously see that changing as things grow and, and you know, different directions and different opportunities come up. But but in terms of headshots, I don't see any reason why, you know, you, you couldn't do 400 at some point. And honestly, 18 months ago, maybe two years ago, I would have never thought that was possible. You know, even when I first started, I I was thinking, I don't know about headshots, you know, like who's going to pay money, you know, decent money for headshots. And then I was wrong. I was, I was wrong. I think I found a good little niche and I think 
I think there's opportunities out there. I do. I love that. Well, I'm looking forward to exploring more of that with you. But like you said, I'm just a headshot photographer. Is it just you in the business? Because it looks to me on your website like you have three studios. I don't know. Is there a team of staff or is it just you? No. Yeah, it's just me. So the, the three studios thing is the Scottsdale location. That's my studio. So that's the only studio that that's mine. There's, then there's a shared space in LA and then there's no studio in the UK, but I do shoot there when I go home. So there's a location available for me if I want to use it, but it's very much mostly US based. Right. Okay. Well, that's obviously working, isn't it? Having that little line underneath your business name on your website, because it looks to me like straight away you have three studios around the world. Just go back to that really quick. So that was something that sounded really cool when I started out. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, this sounds really cool and I'll, I'll do this. And now I can't, you know, I do for the most part, but it still sounds really cool. So I'm not taking it off. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely sounds cool. That's for sure. So how does the LA studio space work? Do you actually share it with another photographer or do people, how does it work? Yeah, it's shared with another photographer, yeah. And it's, you know, calendar, you know, you have the Google calendar and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's shared, but I spend most of my time in Scottsdale, Arizona. Okay. And in the intro, I said there that you shoot actors and models as well as corporate people. And then you mentioned you found your little niche. I wouldn't expect that actors have a lot of expendable income to spend on headshots. Have you found something different? No, no, you're totally right. 95% of my clients are corporate. Very, There's some actors, but I don't market myself to them for that reason. They have no money. And there's a million headshot photographers out there who are trying to give away work for free to actors. And that's just a crazy thing to compete with. But it's nuts that there's still a lot of photographers trying to compete with it. And some of them do well. You know, some have really good reputations and they've worked hard to build the brand over years with actors. But it's a tiny percentage. The money's in corporate, definitely. Right. So who is your ideal client? I mean, when you say corporate, what do you mean? So anybody who works for somebody else (laughs) or anybody who owns their own small business small to medium-sized business. And then obviously, you know, you have the CEOs of those businesses, you know, the C-level employees all obviously need headshots too. So this is why it's such a great market. Can you imagine how many people who class themselves as working, you know, in corporate in the US? Yeah, I mean, that's why I laughed when you said anyone that works for someone else, that's most of the population. Yeah, exactly, yeah. (laughs) And even people who work for themselves, you know, but I would class corporate as anybody who works for someone else. But yeah, the market is huge. It's humongous. So it sounds like it doesn't really matter what size business someone either owns or they're working in. If they come to you for headshots, if they're a corporate client, they're potentially going to spend good money. Yeah. I mean, as long as they have the budget, obviously, not everybody does, but I'm the most expensive headshot photographer probably in the state, honestly, in in all of Arizona. So. And that's intentional. You know, I've marketed that way and I've built the brand that way, which means that people who book me, they do have cheaper options, but they book me anyway, which means that they've probably got a bigger budget than most people. Right, okay. And your pricing is very clear on your website, isn't it? So people know right up front what they're up for. Yeah, and they have to. That's really important. It's really important 
for a lot of different reasons and pricing is just one of them. I'm really big on setting the agenda for people and this comes from a sales background thing. When most people book a headshot session or any photography session uh, really, but when most people book one of these sessions, they've never done it before or they may have done it once a few years ago. People don't book these sessions often. So I think we have a really big responsibility to let them know what they're getting themselves into, you know? <laughs> and I don't mean that in a negative way at all. I just mean that when you go into a situation that's unknown to you, it's really, really helpful and you feel really safe and looked after if there's somebody there saying, listen, this is what's about to happen from start to finish. It gives you a sense of security. And from a business point of view, I think it's really important to do that for our clients because I think a lot of people are not doing it. And I think, as I say, from a business point of view, it gives us an advantage on the people who are not doing it, you know? So that part there where I make it really clear about the pricing on the website, obviously that's to let people know how much it costs, but mostly it's to make people, um, I over-explain it a little bit and that's on purpose. So they feel like they know without any doubt what's going to happen if they book a session with me if that makes sense. It does, absolutely. So when you say that you over-explain, you know, the agenda and how everything's going to work, is that all happening purely on your website or does that happen in a follow-up sequence of emails? Does it happen via phone calls? Like, yeah. How does that work? All of those things. So what I generally do, as I said, and this is all setting the agenda and it's really, really important for in everything I do. Um, the first example of that is on the website. And then usually what happens is they'll either call me or they'll send me an email or they'll fill out the contact form on the website and just say, listen, I've seen your website and I'm interested in a session. So then the first thing I do is try and get on a call with them. Most people, almost everybody is up for a call if they're genuinely interested. So I'll do it again in the phone call I have with them. I'll go through everything. I'll tell them, go over the price. And then I will literally tell them the steps of what's going to happen when they walk in the door to when they walk out the door, to when they get the images delivered. I'll tell them that on the phone before they've even booked the session. And then once they've booked the session, they'll get an email. In the email, you know, I'll give them clothing um, suggestions. I'll do, go over the hair and makeup, do's and don'ts, studio location, all that kind of stuff. Then at the bottom of the email, I'll set out the agenda again. Then the day before the shoot, they'll get another email. And the email will just be referring to something in the preparation email I sent. So I know if it was me and somebody sent me one of those shoot preparation emails, honestly, I probably wouldn't read it. Or I'd probably see it and say, oh, I'll read that when I've got time, you know, later on in the week. And then you forget about it. So what I do is I send them an email the day before just saying, hey, just a reminder. to." I always tell people to call me when they get to the parking lot. And it's for no real reason that I just want that want to come out rather than having them come into the studio but i'll send them the email saying hey just a reminder give me a call when you get to the parking lot that's listed in the shoe preparation email and then what that does it makes them remember if they haven't read it oh i need to go read that email then they'll go read it they'll see all the agenda set out again and then when they get to the studio they'll get to the studio and i'll do it again i'll tell them this is what we're about to do this is what's going to happen let's see what outfits you have so I do it way more than I have to, but I've never had one of those clients who are surprised about what's about to happen. And honestly, I just I think it helps them relax. Yeah, for sure. Because at no point are they sitting there thinking, I don't know what's happening here. You know, they feel 
like I'm looking after them. They feel safe in a really awkward situation. Well, I love the way that you go and meet them in the car park. Is that because it's difficult to find your studio? What's the reason behind that? Again, I just know how um, nervous people get about getting the headshot taken or getting the photo taken. It's not a comfortable experience. And that's the biggest hurdle I think we come across is getting, if we can take that comfortable experience out of the equation, then that puts us in the very top bracket of photographers. Because, you know, how many times have you spoken to somebody and they said, yeah, I just hate getting my photo taken? Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a spoken to a client who hasn't said that <laughs> in some way. And it's because they feel uncomfortable. It's not because of anything else other than they feel uncomfortable, so they look uncomfortable, and everything's just uncomfortable. So if I can go out and meet them instead of them looking for the you know, looking for the studio, I'll, I'll go out and bring them into the studio rather than them feeling like they're coming into unfamiliar territory, you know. It's just all to do with the experience, really. I like it. I mean, I often make the joke to my clients that I feel like a dentist sometimes, or this is how a dentist yeah. must feel. That's <laughs> terrible. Right. It shouldn't be like that. Yeah, right. So with your email sequences, are you sending these out manually or are you inputting your clients into a CRM and having that do everything automatically? What are you using for your emails? So I used to do them all. I do, actually, I do send them all manually, but now it's a PDF that I send out with personalized information. I used to do this copy and paste thing like go through the whole thing and and change bits of information as i went through but that's that was just so time consuming and but so now i'll do you know i'll attach the pdf which is the same for everybody onto a three-line email of looking forward to our shoot you know on monday at 3 p.m you know all that kind of stuff it's just a lot quicker it's a lot quicker but I'm not a big fan of the automated email thing, no. Okay. So if I book a shoot today for, say, next Friday, I get an email today when I get off the phone, I guess, when we have a chat. When do I get the next email? Monday, Tuesday, next week? So you get the email probably tomorrow. Depending on how busy I am, I'll say to them on the phone, you'll get an email in the next couple of days. And then you'll also get an email the day before, late afternoon of the shoot. So when I'm done with my shoots for the day, I'm then looking at my list of, okay, who's in tomorrow? Because I need to shoot them a quick email, you know? Nice. I love that. That's very cool. Let me go back to your website for one second. So with your website, I can see it's very clear that you don't want people that come to your website to go anywhere else. There's no links to Facebook. There's no links to Instagram. There's only call to actions. So what's your number one thing you want people to do when they go to your website? I want them to call me. I just want them to contact me. Right. Whether it's email or contact form or phone. Yeah. I mean, if I could, I would get everybody on the phone. I'd just get everybody calling me. But obviously, that's not always practical because some people, what I found, which I think is bizarre because it's so different from how I like to do things, is some people just don't like to speak on the phone. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's funny. It's, I don't understand it, but, you know, it is what it is. So ideally, I'd have everybody call me, but then, you know, I could get a phone call and I'm in a shoot and I don't answer the phone when I'm in a shoot. Or, you know, there could be different reasons why I can't answer the phone. So having the option of email or filling out the contact form is obviously really useful too. I have Chatter on there, which is the little chat widget. I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> it, it's, fine. it's fine as in what that does itself if you like chat widgets chat was fine i'm just not a fan of that in general but i just like to you know if somebody wants to use it then i want to give them the option to and some people do a lot of people actually 
will use that. I just can't always respond straight away, which, you know, isn't ideal. Yeah. If I give you my phone number, if I make an inquiry by email at your contact form and I give you my phone number, 100% of the time you're going to aim to call me on the phone when you have a chance. Yeah, if you give me your phone number, I'm calling. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to email. If I've got two options and one is an email and one's a phone, then I'll call and I'll call it the first possible opportunity I get. Right, okay. And then when you get it on the phone, are people surprised that you have a UK accent? Yeah. It helps. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet it does. It definitely doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it does. It's another point of difference, isn't it? Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. But yeah, it definitely helps. And when you get this initial inquiry, when do you start asking about who I am, who I work for, You know, what are these photos for? When do you start asking me those kinds of questions? And do you even care? Yeah, I mean, I care because it's an opportunity to relate, to build a relationship. It's really important. It's the first thing I ask. You know, I don't want to just get into, unless I feel like they're in a rush, I don't, you know, it's just all about building a relationship. And so, yeah, as much information like that as they want to give, then I'm happy to take because, you know, one of the really cool things about what we do is we get to build relationships with people that we would never, ever meet if we did anything else, you know. That's really cool to me to be able to do that. I like that. And what do most people, most of your clients, what do they say they need these photos for? Um, I mean, it's it's an even spread. You know, it'll be the company has asked them to go out and get one or they've realized that their LinkedIn photo is five years old or, you know, and then I shoot authors and lawyers who want to put it on a billboard and stuff like that. If I could spend all of my time shooting in the studio, I would do. But occasionally I go out on location to shoot, you know, groups of people on location and it's not my favorite part of the job. (laughs) But you do it. (laughs) Right. Yes, exactly. So some people need it. You know, some people need those on location gigs, but it's mostly just people who need need to update what, what they have because most people haven't done it in a long time, you know. Right. Okay. And do they tell you on the phone why they're coming to you you know why are they choosing tony tate for this headshot session instead of who they used before or someone cheaper no no i mean some people will comment on the web uh, it's funny you say about the website because the website's really popular with clients they really like it and so some people will mention that on the website you know and then there's obviously referrals and things like that i get a lot of referrals actually but no i mean i don't ask them why you know i mean I don't ask them. So unless they offer the information up, then I don't know. I might ask them in the shoot sometimes if it just comes up. But generally, no, I wouldn't say they they say that a lot. Okay. And the reason I'm asking is I'm curious to know, are people booking you because they've seen your website and your photos are so much better than other Scottsdale headshot photographers? Or is it because they've been referred by a friend? Or, you know, have they seen an ad on Facebook? Are you part of a B&I group and people are recommending? Like, yeah. How are people finding out about you? How are people finding me? So I've got a really good Google ranking with certain keywords. I'm top of the first page on Google in Scottsdale, which obviously helps a lot. I don't advertise. I spend a little bit of money on Google AdWords, like maybe $100 a month, and I have no idea how well it's working. <laughs> it's one of those, honestly, it's one of those superstition things where I started off doing it. 
and it's constantly busy. So I'm like, I don't want to stop doing that because <laughs> what if that's not the only thing holding everything together and I stop it? It's just... <laughs> It's purely superstition. <laughs> I don't think it's bringing a ton of business in, but it's a hundred dollars a month, so I'm happy to spend a hundred dollars on superstition. <laughs> but apart from that, I don't advertise. I've obviously got you know things online like people who've written about you know like the S Stoppers piece. There's other you know magazines and things like that that have written about my work or whatever. And then there's doing things like this. You know, all of this just helps having an online presence. Yes, you have these great backlinks pointing back to your website. There's some really cool backlinks, yeah, like Tether Tools. Everybody knows who they are. And I have a really good relationship with them. They've written about me a couple of times. And, you know, the work's good. I like the work. It's good. I really enjoy how it's not just a headshot. You know, there's personality in there. The work's good. And I think that helps as well. Absolutely. I've just Googled you or Scott Stale headshot photography while we've been chatting and yeah, you come up on the map at the top. You've got the first three listings are pretty much you as well. Really? It's pretty amazing. Yeah, the, That's good. good to know. <laughs> <laughs> the top listing is uh, the 10 best headshot photographers in Scottsdale, Arizona. And there's Michael Luna and then there's Tony Tafe. There's you and then you're the next one and oh, the one okay. after that as well. Is that Yelp though? Yeah, the first one's Yelp and then it's you, yeah. your actual website. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Yelp is obviously everywhere. And the funny thing is, is that I know um, – do well on google but i don't pay a lot of attention to it i really don't it's just something that with the backlinks and obviously i'm intentional on the websites and stuff like that but i'm not one of these people who is you know overly analytical and spends a lot of time in on that but whatever i'm doing is obviously working out (laughs) absolutely so i mean i guess all the things we've talked about so far i mean they're leading me to the big question and that is if you're doing what you're doing and making what you're making, if the listener is a great headshot photographer, there's no reason why they can't be generating the same kind of income by the sound of it. I don't think so, but I was actually having this conversation yesterday with somebody in Vancouver who got really upset. So the conversation was that the headshot market is dead, and I know that not to be true. But I don't want to sound like... I think it's really easy to sound like one of these people who say... I'm doing well, so I don't see any reason why you can't do well. I think that's condescending. I don't think it's it's fair to say that because everyone has different circumstances. Everyone is in a different market. And so I don't think you can broadly say you should be able to do this when I know nothing of their circumstances. But generally, I mean, obviously, people will pay money for this if 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 you do a great job for them and more so than how good the images are, I think the experience is much more important. Like all of that stuff we spoke about in the first five minutes, I'm 100% certain that that's responsible for a lot of my income. Those little things that have nothing to do with shooting, Mm. making people feel looked after and, and making them feel good about themselves. It's making them spend more money as well. For sure. Like maybe I should have worded my question differently. Let me ask you first, your average client, what do they spend with you? Between about five and seven hundred. Right. So if there's a listener who's making, say, two hundred dollars per headshot, there's no reason if they do some of the things that you're doing, they could be making more than that from their clients. Yeah, definitely. I'd say that's true. In most markets, I'd say that's true. If you live in a tiny town in 
you know, population of 2,000 people, then you're probably going to struggle. But if you're in a market that is not obviously weak, then yeah. And I also think most photographers don't charge enough for the work. And that's why some don't make enough money. And I totally understand why they don't. I really do. I think it can be tough. And having that confidence in your work can be tough to to build. But I do see a lot of photographers and their work is worth much more than what they charge for. But for whatever reason, they can't get over that mental block, you know. Is that what you think it is? It's a mental block? They're stuck charging too little because they can't see how someone would pay more? Well, yeah, I think in circumstances where their work has more value than what they're charging for it, then I don't know what the reason could be. I don't know what any other, I can't see any other reason for it than than it being a mental block, you know? Right. A lot of the photographers that I know, they will charge an hourly rate. They don't know how to charge for headshots. They want to get into headshots or maybe they're moving into headshots and don't know how to charge. They think hourly rate's the best way to go. But in the intro, I said you like to charge a session fee, if that's what you call it, and then you sell images per image afterwards. Is that right? Yeah, so the reason I do that is because when I, you know, I mentioned earlier that I wasn't sure with headshots whether you could make money doing it. Mm-hmm. And it, so in my first year, I was I was sitting down and I thought, well, I really don't know where it's going to go. I don't know how much money you can make doing this. But if I can make 100000 in my first year, then I believe that that is a sign that it can multiply from there. And so I worked out what I'd have to do to make 100000 and bear in mind, I wasn't. I don't think my work, the standard of work, was where it needed to be then either. And so I worked out anyway that to get to a hundred thousand, I would have to do two hundred and fifty sessions at a four hundred dollar average in my first year. I and mean, there's two hundred and sixty-one workdays of the year. I think to ask somebody to do that in their first year is not realistic especially when the work isn't at the standard where it needs to be. Yeah, I mean, I see 250 and think that's five shoots a week, is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. Yeah, to shoot every single day pretty much of the year, except for those months when you have a few extra days. But, but So, yeah, it, most I don't know whether I'm shooting that many even now, you know, individual shoots, but the average is way higher. And then obviously you factor into that the on-location shoots that are obviously worth a lot more money over a shorter period of time. But taking those out of the equation because you can never bank on them, that's a lot of shoots. So that led me to take a step back and, you know, not only think I'm probably not going to be able to get 250 people in the door, but also how am I going to scale that over like five years? That Am I going to try and shoot 750 people to make 300 grand? Mm. Like that's that's not... (laughs) just not going to happen. It's just not, you know, it's not realistic. So then I figured out, you know, then I fell back onto my sales background. So I worked mainly for Aldi. Aldi are part of the VW group. Uh, the VW group obviously own Volkswagen, but they also own Lamborghini, Bentley, Bugatti. These people know how to sell luxury cars, you know, and I worked for them for a few years. And if you're invested with them, if you're willing to work hard with them, they'll spend a lot of money on training you. They used to fly me to Germany to like go on these special training courses. Wow. And what I was taught is if you want people to spend more money, if you want to sell, then just make it easier for people to buy. Right. I like that. 
Yeah, and I mean, and it's not, it's not mine. It's, you know, <laughs> it, it, I was taught that, but it, it's absolutely 100% true. If you want to charge more money for something that you're doing, you really need to make it easy for people to spend more money with you. And the old package method, or, or even the hourly rate, I mean, I've never done that, and I don't know a lot of people who do hourly rates, but the old package method that people used to sell, you know, it works for a lot of people. But for me, that was making it difficult for people to spend more money than what those packages cost. Oh, so you might have started out with a $400 package, which included some digital files and some prints or whatever it was. Right. Yeah. And, you know, for most people, that's not going to be your cheapest package. That might be your middle package. And, you know, your middle package is, is traditionally your average sale. So, again, you know, if you're looking at that $400 average, you've just got to shoot a lot of people. So that's why I decided, okay, well, why don't I just make it easier for people to buy more? I'm also making it easier for people to buy less, but I'm putting the responsibility on me to make sure they don't do that, you know? And I know how I can make them do that is to give them an amazing experience. And also really nice shots as well, but primarily the experience. Yeah. You're selling yourself short on your photography because it's gorgeous. I mean, your photography is amazing. Anyone would be happy walking out of your studio with one of their headshots Thanks, man. done by you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I do. I appreciate that. But what I'm trying to get is not, I don't think that's how I make my money. Right. It's the experience. You know, I think it's not enough. I think having beautiful photography is not enough to make real money doing this. I think you've got to think a little bit different. And, you know, artists are notoriously not the best business people. True. Right. And that is no criticism of anybody who, you know, is an artist. But I think, you know, I think it's generally true because through anything else other than artists will obsess, and I admire this about them, but they will obsess over their work to a point where they are doing things that are not making themselves money and spend them much more time on making something perfect when they're not being paid for it than maybe they should be if they want to run a sustainable business. Yeah, that's true. You know, and, and as I say, that's not a criticism at all. I really do admire somebody who can do that, but it's not necessarily going to keep your doors open, you know? No, and I think that's when people have to make the separation of, you know, they get into photography for the love of it, but if you want to make a living from it, you've got to look at things a little bit differently. Yeah, you've got to be a bit more objectively. And you, you know, I remember when I first started out shooting headshots, and, and obviously I wasn't very good, and I used to take criticism so badly. <laughs> of the work you know because it was so personal to me and you get that one shot and you're like oh my god this is amazing and then you know it turns out it's not and i had to get over that really quickly <laughs> because if i stayed in that mindset i would never have thought about anything else yeah i love your honesty there at the moment i can see on your website you have a flat session fee of 300 dollars, and included with that 300 dollars isn't a lot and when i say isn't a lot they don't get hair and makeup they get suggestions for hair and makeup. They get your agenda, basically. Yeah. But then the additional images are $65, and that's including retouching. How many images do most people buy? Is it three or four? No, it's, I don't know, you're looking at like six, between six and nine, probably. Right. So you're really going for a bunch of different looks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every opportunity I get, I'm giving them as much variety as possible. Even if, if I always tell them, come in with more outfits than you think you're going to need. And there's two reasons for that. One reason is genuinely, you know, it does help them choose. 
you know, they could come in with their favourite outfit and it just doesn't photograph how they thought they were going to photograph and they don't have any other options. But also it gives me the opportunity to shoot more variety, give them more options and again, make it easy for them to spend money with me if they want to. It's a really, really low pressure, zero pressure environment. I'm essentially presenting them with with options and the more options I present them with, obviously without overwhelming them, the more they'll take. So how does that work? Let's say I come in for my headshot session and I've got a few different outfits and I've got, you know, suit, tie, whatever. And how many images would you shoot roughly for me? Uh, how many outfits are you bringing in? Three. I'll probably shoot 200, 250. Is that what you'll actually show me or is that what you'll shoot? No, no, no. So you'll see about 100 images. Okay, so we've had the session. I've had the best time with you. I've had a lot of laughs, which I can imagine I would. I go away and have a coffee. You could do a bit of an edit or a cull. Yeah. What happens? Do I come back then and sit down at your computer and am I looking at Lightroom or some other kind of software? So I'm calling a couple of different times. I'm calling in between outfit changes. You know, obviously when you go and get changed, I'm going through that um, outfit we've just shot and just deleting images that I don't want you to see. Or images that are too similar, like almost identical to each other, I'll just kick it out. Are you shooting tethered? I'm shooting tethered, yeah, yeah. That is a lifesaver for me. I, I really do need to shoot tethered now. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Tony, this has been amazing, mate. This has been so good, so eye-opening. It certainly went in different directions to what I expected. Really? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, I guess that your car sales would have had some influence on your photography sales, but I didn't realize how much. And it sounds like the yeah. training you had there has really set you up for life with your photography business or with any sales. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just really important for us, you know. Like, I think the biggest issue for photographers is that they – we don't make enough money as a whole, as, as a group. We undercharge because there's a lot of competition because of everybody's markets different. But, you know, we invest a lot of time and a lot of money into what we do and not enough people are being rewarded for it. And for me, I just want to, I, I want people to start earning as much money as they should be because most people, I don't think it, it's not sustainable for most people. I think that's one of the reasons why we see so many new photographers coming on on the scene all the time is because there's always room for them because there's always somebody selling their equipment because they haven't been able to make it work. And I'm not saying this is going to cure it for everyone. It's not. But when this first started working for me, I, I told it to a few of my photographer friends and they were really reluctant really? to take it on board. Yeah, really reluctant because it's changed. And nobody likes change. You know, everybody's been selling packages since, you know, whenever, since forever. And so they didn't like change. And then a couple of them, you know, started using it. They started making so much more money. Then all of a sudden there was, you know, 10, maybe even 15 people who had told about it. And they were like, holy crap, this really works. I'm making double the session average. And also a lot of people had a renewed enthusiasm because they weren't just shooting for the package anymore. They weren't just going for those three images because they were only buying three images. All of this, it opened up so many new possibilities for them where they knew if they did a better job, they were going to make more money. There was a, you know, even for 
Peter, who's been shooting for I don't know how long, ten years. Even he's like, I love it again. It's for me now. I know like there's a challenge in front of me of like get as many amazing images as possible, and the chances are I'm going to make more money. And so when that group of people were making more money, we were like, you know, we've got to tell people about this because this is really good information. People are just making more money from it. So then we recorded the tutorial. And that's the gist of it. You know, it's helped me, but I was selfish when I did that. I just did it for me. And then when I realized people will benefit from this information, then we were like, let's spend some real time. And I spent like four months writing this tutorial out of, you know, let's make sure that the right information's in there. Let's make sure it's in the right order. Let's make sure it's presented in a way that is not, because, you know, for me, it's easy. It's in my head. Like, I developed it. So, for me, it just comes naturally. But if I'm trying to explain it to somebody, and I'm, then I'm trying to explain it to a lot of people, and they all have different ways of processing information, then, you know, you've got to put a lot of thought into that. So then, yeah, we released this tutorial, and a lot of, a lot of people, admit, there's not one single person who has just this tutorial who has come to me and said, yeah, this is just not working for me. And so that I know of, there's not one single person who is not making more money from it. A lot of people have actually come back and said, you know what, my first shoot, I made more money than what I've made before, and it's paid for itself. I'm really, um, what's the word? I don't know. I'm really humbled by how many people are, it's helping. It's it's amazing. It's, it's fascinating for me to see. Yeah, it works. That's so good. So for you, the listener, Tony's talking about the TNT method, which is a, the method that he's been talking about, the one that he's developed, the one that's available in the training course. If you go to TonyTafe.com, now it's spelled T-O-N-Y-T-A-A-F-E.com, and I'll have links in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. So TonyTafe.com, on the main menu on the far right, you'll see the TNT method. Go there, check it out. It's $249, and, I mean, it sounds like you're going to get your money back on your first shoot once you put this stuff into practice. Tony, you have been amazing, mate. It's, it's been so good to talk to you. I'm so glad your name got brought up inside my members group. Me Michael Schacht was talking about you. Yeah, Mike, yeah. Yeah, lots of people bringing up your name and making me aware of you. I'm so glad I had a chance to get you on the show, mate. So thank you so much. My pleasure, man. Thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to speaking to you again sometime. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Tony as much as I did. Tony, if you're listening, again, mate, thank you so much for coming on, sharing everything you did. I I truly love the way you're doing your pricing, the way you're selling. It was an eye-opener for me. I learned a ton. I'm sure the listener did as well. So, mate, thank you again so much. For you, the listener, yeah, I hope I'm speaking on your behalf when I did say that because, wow, how cool is the way Tony prices and sells his headshot photography? If you want to learn more from Tony, if you want to check out anything that he mentioned in regards to links, I've got them all in one spot over at the show notes. You can find them this week at photobizx.com forward slash 362. There are links to anything and everything he mentioned. I've got examples of his truly fantastic work. It's all there in the one spot, including links to his training where you can follow up with him and learn more from Tony as you progress in your business as well. Or if you just want to make the leap and really follow in his footsteps, do what he's doing. 
Photo Biz Exposed. Interviews with photographers to help you build a better photography business. That just about wraps up today's episode of the podcast. Don't forget, if you're on the $20 per month premium membership, go and check out the special pricing at photobizx.com forward slash SMS. You can get a six-month membership for $60 right now during the coronavirus pandemic. This applies to you also if you're listening to the free version of the podcast. It's the cheapest way to get a membership right now. Don't forget the daily vlog challenge is open. Well, <laughs> it's sort of open. The, the wait list is open. So if you want to get onto the next daily vlog challenge, which we've just finished and it's been truly amazing, I'm actually seeing and hearing about bookings as a result of the videos that participants were recording in the course because we take such a business focus. It starts off easier, it gets more challenging, but by the end of the challenge, you are sending out email replies by video. You are recording testimonials for other vendors, other businesses within your industry via video. You're posting to your Facebook page. You are creating your very first retargeting ad. We do all this as part of the daily vlog challenge and and the participants from the inaugural course, the full course, are already posting results. It's just amazing. So if you'd like to get into the next daily vlog challenge, get more comfortable being yourself on camera, head over to dailyvlogchallenge.com. You can sign up right now, get the early bird pricing, save yourself 30%, or you can wait another week until registrations officially open. So dailyvlogchallenge.com if you want more info there. Okay, that is it for me for this week. Hope to see you on the live call, the live website review with Anna Puma tomorrow morning. Hopefully you can make the mindset Zoom call with photography business and mindset coach Joel Dunn on Friday. Again, details in the show notes for today's episode. Hope to see you there or inside the members Facebook group. And I did forget to mention, I will be adding Tony into the members Facebook group. So if you're a premium member, you'll have extra access to Tony inside the members Facebook group. If you have any follow-up questions, want to drill into some of the topics we dived into in today's interview, you can do that inside the members Facebook group. Alrighty, that really is it for me for today's episode. Hope you are staying safe, healthy and well. Have a fantastic week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Enjoyed this episode? Head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest.